Your Story with Melinda Estabrooks, an exclusive presentation of Faith Strong Today. Listen for new episodes every Monday and subscribe to the podcast at faithstrongtoday.com. Our stories have the power to connect us, to inspire us, and give us courage. On Your Story with Melinda, your story matters. Welcome to Your Story with Melinda. It's good to be back in the studio. And we've got another great show for you today. And when I say great, I I say this with Kleenex in hand because I think it's going to be a very meaningful show. Some tough stories, but I think we're going to learn a lot, and I think I'm going to learn a lot as well. And to help me with Kleenex in hand to tell their stories is my good friends, Dr. Mary and Scott Armstrong from the Life Care Centers. Dr. Mary is a supervising psychologist of Life Care Centers with over 20 years of clinical experience. And she's the author of a fantastic book called The Fully Lived Life, Rescuing Our Souls from All That Hold Us Back. And you will want to get that in hand so you can learn a lot about how to deal with your stuff and issues and really become a better and free person. Scott is here bringing testosterone into studio. Scott, I'm glad you're here. Scott Armstrong is the executive director of Life Care Centers and has been in the counseling field for over 20 years. He is an active and engaged husband and father, currently enjoying the blessing and challenges of raising three wonderful teenagers with his lovely wife. Dr. Mary, Scott, thanks for being with me. It's great to be here. Thank Thank you you for having us here. Awesome. So this is a bit of a heavier show because we're talking about a topic that's not easy to talk about, but Mm -hmm. I know is one that's important in our society and culture today, and that is about absent dads. And whether that's physically absent or emotionally absent, it's a real issue. Scott, why is that and why is that prevalent today? I'm so glad you've picked this topic, Melinda, because it is extremely prevalent in our society and culture, and dads are just really struggling to figure out who they are, what their role is, and there's been so many shifts in traditional role for fathers that a lot of guys are just, to be honest, checking out. Mm. And while I believe our fathers, my father and that generation, did the best they could with what they had. They've left some some wounds for us that we really need to face and deal with. So I see this on a daily, continual basis uh, presenting itself in the counseling setting, and it really needs to be dealt with. And I'm not saying that we're bashing men or dads. I don't want that to be the heart of this conversation. But I think it's something that seems to be, even on a personal note, with my own friends that are facing this. Mm-hmm. And I, to be honest, I don't really have the words or knowledge of how to deal with it because how do you navigate when you want your dad to be this person and he's not? Mm-hmm. And that's very painful, and I've seen that pain um, personally. So, again, it's not a bashing. I think this is mm-hmm. an encouraging time to just really share and, and as well. But I, I, I know that it's a personal thing for both of you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For you, Dr. Mary and Scott, this is something that you've both experienced having absent dads. And I, I want to hear the story. I know it might be painful and it's hard, but I think in sharing your story, I think there'll be a lot of listeners out there that will be able to relate to it. Mm-hmm. So, Dr. Mary, what's your experience with this? Well, um, I grew up always knowing my dad loved me. And he showed his love by providing for the family. And that's very consistent with that generation and also my culture on top of that. 
it's not until I grew into adulthood that I realized he actually was emotionally absent. So although he is physically around, he wasn't actually emotionally engaged. He didn't really know who I was. And, you know, we had some things happen in our family. Um, my brother died when I was eight. Uh, so that was a tragedy that I didn't even realize how much it impacted my parents. I felt like they kind of disappeared after that because obviously they were grieving, which I didn't know. My experience as a child was that I felt kind of on my own. And I was a good kid, so I didn't require a lot of oversight. So I kind of felt, in retrospect, like I was the forgotten child. And my dad, um, when he was involved my, with my life, it was mostly to punish or to um, direct me on what I should be doing. There wasn't that sense of actual emotional care. And again, I knew he loved me. I never questioned that. But I think how it impacted me was um, not really feeling valued and adored. And I think that's every woman's dream. And, and we probably put this on our husbands, which is the desire to be adored and to be special. And I never felt that way. I felt like if I didn't bring enough uh, high marks home, if I didn't work hard in the home, I would get punished. And, you know, I grew up in a Christian home. So unfortunately, that translated to my view of God, the Father. So I saw God as distant, and he was just there to punish me and tell me what I was doing wrong. So you can imagine how that kind of shaped my psyche growing up into becoming the people pleaser, wearing masks, doing everything to make other people happy, but really innately feeling like I wasn't of worth, that there was something wrong with me. Dr. Mary, when you say emotionally absent, what, mm-hmm. what is that? What, what does that look like? If somebody was saying, is my dad emotionally absent? Am I a dad that's emotionally absent? What does that look like? What are the traits of that? And then I would add to my dad didn't wake up and say, hey, I'm going to be emotionally absent. I mean, he did the best he could with, with the tools that he had. I think men in general just don't know what does it mean to be engaged and emotionally available to our kids. They just don't know. So they can't give what they themselves are not even aware of, right? Mm-hmm. So just to keep that in mm-hmm. mind. But for myself, it was more um, the the m- the only emotion I s- saw with my dad was anger or laughter. And the conversations we had were very, very superficial. So he didn't ask me about what was going on in my day. He didn't ask me about any problems I was facing. He didn't um, listen and he didn't draw out. And I'm a kid. So I'm kids don't naturally go, hey, dad, I want to talk to you. I want to share my heart with you. They look to their cues uh, from the adults in their life. And if the adults are, t- are not asking and, and, and kind of entering into the, the kids' lives, then the kids just assume that that's normal. So I grew up being very silent um, from that standpoint. I would do what I'm told, and I was a very good listener. Um, that's part of how I came to be who I am as a therapist now, is um, I learned that that's my value is how I listen to others. And so I never felt that my dad was actually interested in who I was as a person. And um, now as an adult, I mean, I love my dad dearly and we have great affection uh, in our in our relationship, but he struggles to communicate with me. He doesn't know what to say. He'll say things like, I'm proud of you, and you know you look great today. And he'll, he'll try, but he doesn't really know how to connect with me because it's years and years of him not knowing who I am. 
And then on top of that, when I was in my adolescence, early years, 12, which is such a significant time for girls, uh, my dad actually physically left the home because he couldn't find work in our local area. So he moved across the country. So for my sort of formative years growing up to be a woman, I did not have a father figure in my life. Um, And so I was navigating through trying to figure out who I was, um, just based on how I was doing in school, work, um, you know, being a good Christian girl. And um, in retrospect, I realized that um, how I regarded men was men aren't going to really be there for me. So I have to work hard to try to get that from men, which put a lot of pressure on my husband, by the way. Because he had to fill the emptiness in my heart. He had to be the one who made me feel special. And he didn't have a clue what was going on with me. Mm-hmm. It, I just came, you know, when I look back behaviorally, I was just very emotionally demanding and controlling, to be honest. But it came out of not a desire to manipulate, out of this emptiness in the sense that I just want to be loved. And I didn't feel loved. So emotionally absent father, dad... That translates, you know, I'm, I'm really struck by your story, Dr. Mary, because as a child, how do you understand that in your, in your, in your mind? Mm-hmm. Like, is it, did you feel lack of love? Was it, like, what was the thought there? Because I'm just wondering for, you know, young people out there, and, and I, I probably, as I'm, as I'm listening to you, I'm learning some things um, in my own childhood and how I made sense of it, but... When you were feeling that way, you know, what was was there any outlet? Were you able to articulate at all to your mom or anybody about no, that? Not at no. all. I mean, I wasn't even that aware of it at that time. Um, I would say I was a pretty big flirt growing up, and I was just hungry for attention from men. Um, and I think it was because I just wanted to feel special. And so when I work with women today who struggle with that. It's almost like, uh, I need love. I need love from men. I, I, I don't feel complete unless I'm with somebody. I think a lot of times it boils down to this absent father uh, issue. Like, our fathers play such a key role. Mm-hmm. I mean, my dad plays such a key role in my sense of being female mm-hmm. and being adored and treasured and all those important things that women have a need to feel. Um, and when that's missing, what happens? How do you find that sense of value? Well. We're going to get in the next part of the show. We're going to talk about some of the how-tos and mm-hmm. things we've learned and how to help our listeners. Scott, I know that you also have a story of an absent dad. Tell us about that. To start, I would say I grew up in a home that was uh, quite confusing and permissive and unstable. And like Dr. Mary has said, I, I want to just show honor and respect to my parents as I share my story because I, I truly believe they did the best they could with what they had and they both come from quite tragic and wounded stories. My dad um, had a twin uh, brother who uh, left the family never to be found again. His father, my dad's father, left to go to war when my dad was four and he decided not to come back and started a new family overseas. So my dad's stepfather was quite abusive, and so my dad came to the table with that experience and that story, um, to be quite honest, ill-equipped to be a father and did the best he could. So I feel my journey with my dad's quite confusing because um, when I was young, 
I guess right up till age 10, my dad was very engaged, very involved in my life, and very loving. Um, not a typical dad in terms of a stereotype, uh, quite nurturing, and that gave me a lot of security. And I think from that I've learned that God is very loving. But things changed at that point in my life. My dad had a heart attack at 42, and he survived it, but life was never the same after that. He went into depression. And as he fell into depression and started to disengage from life and the world around him, uh, it was extremely confusing to me in terms of trying to navigate and figure out in those formative years, you know, 10 to 14, what does it mean to become a man, uh, being a husband, being a father? This is what our dads model for us. And he just was on a steady decline at that point. So I went from having a very emotionally involved, nurturing dad to a very absent dad who began to see the world as a very dark and uh, depressing place. I remember um, at age 13, I was at a football weigh-in and I collapsed. I was having an appendicitis attack. I was rushed to the hospital and my dad was at my bedside and I was scared. I was just scared out of my mind. Never been (laughs) to the hospital for major surgery that I could remember. And I thought I was going to die. And uh, I remember my dad in his depression said, well, you know, son, it would be better if you did. Oh. And that kind of message, that kind of woundedness out of his place of darkness just had a real profound effect on my life. Um, and so recovering from that and trying to figure out life from there was, was very difficult. How is your relationship with him now? Um, I should have started with this, but my dad passed away in, in 1998. Okay. Okay. Um, tragically, he got Alzheimer's at a very young age. I was 16 when he started to show signs of Alzheimer's, and then it progressed rapidly, and he passed away at 66. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't a lot of time to really heal and recover in my relationship with my dad. Um, So I've lived with that, done lots of good therapy around that. Mm -hmm. And I think for men, healing that father wound is critical for us to be the best fathers we can be to our kids. Do you think, and just before we go to the break, do you think many dads know that they are absent? Mm. Do they know it or do they not? And when I say know it, do they know it enough that they said, it's actually easier for me to be that way? rather than deal with that I'm not, you know, engaged with my family. Yeah, I want to be compassionate and gracious with dads, but I think a lot of them are checked out, and and at some level they know they've checked out, and they're looking for their needs and identity to be met primarily in the workplace or outside the home. And I think the signs and signals are there. I think a a lot of fathers just don't know what to do. But I do think, you know, they they know something's not right, and it needs to be made right. Is it an expectation piece? Is it when men go into marriage or and have a family and there's an expectation and then it doesn't deliver for them and so they check out what would be, you know, one or two things that causes them to be absent? I know that there's, you know, family history and 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 lack of tools or skills to be that engaged dad or husband. Mm-hmm. But is it expectations? How does that happen? I think expectations is a big part of it. And men are confused about their role Mm. in being a dad because the traditional dad role of being a provider, being a disciplinarian has has changed 
we're expected to be much more engaged, much more emotionally involved. Um, and so I think with those expectations, a lot of men feel absolutely overwhelmed. And I think also dads. men struggle with a fear of failure. So to enter into a feeling of inadequacy. So I'm supposed to be an engaged dad, but I don't really know how, and I don't know if I would be good at it. Mm-hmm. So that takes a lot of courage to go to a place where you feel that. And so mm-hmm. I think if men are not um, being aware of what's um, driving their behavior, then they might have all sorts of reasons as to why, well, I'm busy, I have to take care of the family, my values and the income I bring, and they're not necessarily able to face that part. Yeah, that's good. Dr. Mary, uh, hearing your story, um, you really understand those who have grown up with absent dads. Mm -hmm. What are your encouragement or or thoughts to those listeners who Mm -hmm. are saying, that's me, Dr. Mary, that that was me, that's my experience? Mm I would start off by saying it's never too late. Our story leads us to where we are today, but it doesn't have to define the end of our story. And I would speak for myself personally. Uh, It certainly wasn't until adulthood before I realized that, wow, I actually have issues around the whole dad issue. And so um, for me, it was two things. One was some really great therapy, to be honest. Um, Therapy for me represented a safe relationship where I could allow myself to be vulnerable and I could share my story. And of course, the therapist also knows how to draw out my story. And I had to allow myself to grieve. It's not just grieving that my dad was absent, but it's grieving the loss of the dream of the ideal dad. I had to really do that. And it was tough. Because there's always, and my dad's still around, so there's always that, I wish he could have been different, and I wish things could be different now, but that's not reality. So it's coming to a place of acceptance of that. So exploring uh, your story, allowing yourself to grieve the pain that comes through that, and then accepting reality, and then beginning to um, trust that God will open the door to bring about healing, whether it's through relationships with friends or my direct relationship with Him. And that would be the second thing, which was so key. God brought me through a journey of burnout, basically, where I was not able to do anything, and I retreated. And in that time of burnout, I actually crashed, and I became quite depressed, so I had nothing left to give. And through that time, God was so present. So I'm not suggesting that viewers should go out and get burnt out. <laughs> but it's it's inviting God into your story. And, and I don't say this in a trite way, but God has become very, very personal to me. Uh, he has been so present. He has shared images and scripture and words with me that are just so affirming of his love for me and affirming of uh, my identity as his daughter. And that was huge because now I actually do feel like um, he's my daddy. He's my true daddy. And he delights in me. And I actually believe that now at the deep core of who I am. And so out of that security has come a lot of forgiveness towards my earthly father and a lot of um, grace towards my husband who can't be my father, who can't be God for me. And I've become a lot more freer in being who God has created me to be. And that's, uh, for me, really key. And so that's what I would encourage the listeners, too, is to take the time to develop those two things, your own personal story with somebody who's trusted. And to be honest, good friends can't always carry the weight of your story. Mm -hmm. It's too heavy. It changes the dynamics of the story. Even your spouse can't handle the heaviness of that. Somebody that would be trustworthy, whether it's a counselor or a pastor or a mentor. Mm. 
uh, there's great people like that. And then the second thing is also looking into your personal relationship with God, the Father, right? That's great, Dr. May. Fantastic. I'm taking these copious notes, and I will be posting those learnings up on Your Story with Melinda on Facebook and on social media. Thank you. Scott, for you, um, your encouragement to dads who are struggling with being absent dads or, or have just listened to your story and the show and said, you know what, I have to identify I'm an absent dad. What's your encouragement to them? Well, the first thing I want to say to, to dads out there is um, you're not alone. And the things you're struggling with, you need to know um, – most, if not all, fathers are struggling with. And the reason we think we're alone is because we don't talk about it. And whenever I get the chance to talk to men, that's the number one simple message I'm sending out there. Talk about it. Talk to a friend. Talk to a neighbor. Talk to someone you have any kind of connection with about what you're dealing with being a dad. And you'll soon discover you're not alone in the challenges you're facing. And that really changes things foundationally when you realize, okay, I'm not alone in this. Once you're there, then I think the next step is you've got to step up, step in, and get engaged. And you have to start somewhere as a dad. I came into fathering realizing, you know what, my dad did the best he could with what he had, but I knew I was ill-equipped to be an effective dad. And so I chose to do something about it. And that's what I'm challenging men to do. Make the choice to do something about it. For me, I got resources. Um, bringing up Boys, Bringing Up Girls by Dobson just really worked for me. And I followed the stuff in the book and it really worked. Like it really worked with my kids. And it was so encouraging that I could learn what are basic fathering skills. And I just had to admit to myself and that's what you need to do, guys. You, you have to humble yourselves and admit, I don't know what to do. And as soon as you have the humility and the courage to do that, you put yourself in a place where God can move in and begin to work with you and teach you. And that's what he did with me. And I couldn't do it in and of my own strength, but I had resources and I followed what it said and I've gotten feedback that it's working. And I think that's so critical that we do that. I like what both of you said. There's something about choices, whether that's to choose to forgive, the cho you know the choice to get engaged, um, the choice to show grace to your husband. Um, you know, there's choices that we as an individual have to make. We exactly. can't blame. We can't say the reason why I'm this way is because my dad was an absent dad. There are parts of that, but then at, at some point in your life, you've got to say, okay, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. enough is enough. I need to forgive. Now, that's a big one. I think forgiveness is a huge one, and it's a hard one mm -hmm. because if your dad has hurt you in in ways, you know, you know, being physically absent, emotionally absent, that's hard to do. But it's it's a must, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And how do you start that? To be honest, it's the willingness to forgive uh, as opposed to saying I forgive. Because for me, forgiveness isn't a superficial, oh, I forgive. Because as a Christian, that's what I'm supposed to do. It has to be heartfelt. It has to be a choice that I make. So I, I choose with my will, knowing that the emotional piece isn't quite there. But as I walk my story, as I process it, as I grieve it, there becomes a release in me to actually say, I actually really do forgive. Mm -hmm. That's good. And Scott, as you said, 
um, you have to choose to want it and then go out and 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 do something about it, mm-hmm. whether it's resources or talking to somebody. Mm-hmm. Those are good practical steps. So would you say just quickly one like you've talked about that, but if a man was like, okay, the one thing right now I can do because there's too much going on, what can I do today at this moment? I would say go home and sit down. Talk to your wife, talk to your kids, and you want to ask a simple question that's going to profoundly change your life, ask them, how am I doing as a dad? And be ready for some honesty and for some life-changing feedback. But if you do that authentically and with sincerity and make it safe, you're going to find out some really valuable stuff that's going to help you be a better dad. That is good stuff. Well, Dr. Mary Scott Armstrong from the Life Care Centers, thank you so much for being here in the studio with me. I have learned a lot, and I know my listeners have learned as well. So thanks, and we will have you back on the show for sure. Thank you. Thank, for, thank you for having us thank here. Thank you, Melinda. So here are my takeaways in the next chapter about absent dads. First of all, I just want to say for you listeners out there who are dads, be encouraged. This isn't it. For those, and I say this isn't it in that there's there's hope that this isn't your life, that today is is not your forever, but that you can make good choices for yourself. And, you know, I was talking with Scott Armstrong, and there was a few more practical tips that he had. You know, for you dads, you know, join a men's group. Go to a men's event about fathering. You know, seek out a really good counselor and talk to them and get some points on how to be a good dad, and then make that choice. It will change you, it will change your family, it will change your community. It's really, really important. And I learned a lot. I learned some really good things that you need to forgive, that when you don't forgive uh, in your life, and I've seen this personally, um, it doesn't help you at all. It actually uh, causes a lot of, of pain um, in your own life. And so forgive your dad. If it's that time, if you've been holding off, it's time to make the choice to forgive. And it is a choice. And I think that it's important that even for me, assessing my relationship with God, um, having that time to say, God, what are, you, what are you saying to me? What are you saying about my relationship with my dad? Uh, what are you saying to me as, as my own person? If you're a dad, have that quiet moment. Sit, meditate, and pray. Maybe even write some things down. What is God saying to you about you and about your parenting and about your marriage? And I think the encouragement is that God is always with you. He's on your side. He's for you. And even though it's tough, even though you're like, I don't know, this absent dad thing, I'm there. I've messed up completely. I've ruined my kids' lives. You know, God is there to be with you, to help you, to lead you to a good therapist, a counselor, to a a good men's group. Um, He is there. And I think that you need to know that he has never left you and will never forsake you. And that's all throughout scripture. So be encouraged. And I think we need to change from absent dad to wonderful, present, engaging dad. And that's my hope for you as a listener. So connect with me. If there's some things that have struck you with what Dr. Mary has said, and you want to know more information or encouragement or help, drmarylynn.com. And if you want some more help as well and information from Scott, lifecarecenters.com. And a great book for you to pick up to help you with your life. Dr. Mary has written a wonderful book called The Fully Lived Life, Rescuing Our Souls from All That Hold Us Back. So thanks for listening. I really appreciate your time for this half hour learning with me. And again, join me on Your Story with Melinda on Facebook to continue the conversation. Until then, have a great week. Be kind. 
Thanks for listening to Your Story with Melinda, an exclusive presentation of faithstrongtoday.com. Listen to past episodes by subscribing to our podcast on iTunes and join the conversation with Faith Strong Today on Facebook.